Because the Bible says in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. And so people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, the moral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism, the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believed the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? Well, hello there, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining in again today. Uh, good to be back with, here, with, back with you here on our podcast, The Canceled Preacher. And uh, we were talking uh, the other day about what we were going to talk about. Um, and it was after Sunday services. So this is, we're recording this on a Tuesday, and we're talking Sunday night after service. And I said, boy, your sermon this morning is going to be a great uh, thing to talk about on the podcast. I said, there's another instance where you uh, just take the exact opposite of all the brethren, <laughs> the stance that's uh, opposite of all the brethren uh, in fundamentalism. And uh, you, you, you preached on, I guess, it's going to be perceived as very controversial, very counter, uh, you know, consensus type thing, because everybody leans this way. And it seems like uh, we have to compete with the world in this, what we're going to talk about. And that is counseling, Christian counseling. And when you started preaching about this and you started showing some similarities of how the church has just borrowed worldly methods, I started to see, man, that's true. Um, this counseling thing that turns into these weekly sessions and um, somebody's got to help you fix your marriage, your finances, and you can't do it without their help. And then people are uh, lauded as these great counselors and man you got to go hear this guy you got to get counseling from this guy because he'll save your marriage or he'll get you out of the mess because he's so wise he's got such a i don't know um that really leads to some unbiblical practices yes and i would like to say right off the bat counselors as it's understood today and the way you're thinking of a counselor as you're listening um, is not what we're talking about when we talk about bible counseling Jesus, the Bible says, is wonderful counselor. We understand that. The Bible talks about seeking wise counsel. We understand that. But you'll need to listen to the entire prod, uh, podcast. And I believe that you'll agree with me that counseling, as it is understood today, are compromisers. Counselors are compromisers. They have tried to pick the best of both worlds, the worldly way and the biblical way, and mix them together and has come out with this hybrid this monster that is not helping but destroying the church now you also said something when you um introduced uh, the podcast this, this um this morning it is for us anyway um that it's another uh shift away from mainstream christianity but let me just say time has forced these issues to the forefront because it wasn't an issue 50 or 75 years ago Everybody, there was no, in fact, there was no such thing as Christian counseling anywhere ever in the whole world until about the 1960s, late 1960s, with Jay Adams, who started Nothetic Counseling. But up until that time, 
uh, the only kind of counseling, and we're talking about counseling in the sense of psychoanalysis. When you go in, lay on a couch or lay on a bed, and a guy sits there and he listens to you jabber on for an hour, which is normally complaining and uh, belly aching, which a good counselor would say right there, well, there's your problem right there. You're a belly, you're a whiner, you're a complainer, you're not content with such things that you have. And that should be the end of it because the solution at that point would be to repent. Mm-hmm. You just need to repent. You're violating God's commands, therefore you got trouble. Now, I'm not trying to minimize everybody's problems. Don't misunderstand me. Um, however, even in what we would call traumatic uh, problems, um, post-traumatic stress disorder and things of that nature, when you would have the death of, say, a, a child or a spouse or something like that, certainly that is going to um, you know, mess with your mind. Let's go ahead. Now that, that will put you into a depression and certainly make you anxious, especially, say, for a wife. Now she doesn't know what to do. Her husband paid the bills. Her husband brought in the, in, you know, the money and things like that nature. But now that, that part of it is just you just need to seek some wise counsel as to how to invest your money, things like that. And, um, and so if that's still a problem after you've done what the Bible says, well, you've got other problems. Yes. And a good counsel will get to the bottom of it very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and speaking of that right there, um, we're not certainly not, uh, like you said, downplaying someone's issues, but the problem is even when people come with big problems, you know, you know, some traumatic thing in their life, and they're dealing with the repercussions of that mentally, um, the world wants to go to all the wrong places to fix that, uh, whereas uh, a, a Christian counselor will, will see its spiritual r- nature, and, uh, and that's where we lose most people <laughs> right there because then the problem is you. Even in those situations, absolutely. Um, and uh, you started your sermon off on Sunday with what you say quite often, and people, um, I'm sure, feel like you're so arrogant or something because you say, "I can fix all your marriage problems right now, right now. I can fix all your marriage problems." And you've said that before. Same thing with finances. You don't have to go to a marriage seminar. You don't need to spend, you know, weeks in counseling. And and you just said it just comes down to repent. It just comes down to get right with God, or it comes down to. But that's. For so many people, that's they're saying, well, you're oversimplifying it, or you don't understand my problems, or... That's right. Blah, and blah, we blah, could blah. certainly turn around and say, well, you're maximizing. You make a mountain out of a molehill. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you're minimizing the power of God, you know. You could uh, certainly go there. And, th- and, of course, I do. Yes. I believe that. Right. But uh, you say that a lot, and that is one of... That is uh, kind of a... Uh, one thing that gives rise to a lot of other things that you preach is that, um, you know... You don't need all this extra biblical stuff. You don't need to add to God's method what he said uh, because you think your problems are a special case. Uh, the Bible is, was good enough throughout all of history. It's still good enough now, and uh, you say that also, too. Yeah, nothing it, has really changed. If it can't stand the test of time throughout you know, first century Christianity, throughout history, then we don't have to have it today. You would wonder how Christians—if uh, you go into a, a bookstore, for example— you're going to, a Bible bookstore, you're not going to find many Bibles, first of all. Mm-hmm. You're going to find lots of books, and most of it is self-help, you know, self-centered, self-esteem kind of stuff, which is contrary to the Word of God. Yeah. Esteem the other better than thyself, preferring one another, going the extra mile, die to self, you know. That's just, all this stuff that we call Christian is non-Christian. It's all under the heading of Christian psychology, Christian counseling, biblical counseling. Now, I'm not against the biblical part of it. 
I'm against the counseling part of it. It's like it's like saying you got to be careful of all this stuff that just has the Christian tag or title. Mm -hmm. You know, Christian cruises. Got to be careful yep. about those. You know, Christian rock, mm -hmm. contemporary Christian music, Christian day at Six Flags. You know, and it's quite often nothing more than a marketing technique. It's absolutely what it is, and Christians. The the world is getting rich off Christians who just don't see that that stuff is worthless. Mm -hmm. And even if it did help, now listen to what I'm going to say. Even if it did help, a Christian should still do what God said. Even if, see, the devil likes to come along and say, there's another way. And uh, that just the Bible is not the only way. There's another way, you know. And uh, what does David say? I hate every false way, you know. And we ought to hate every other way because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, mm -hmm. you know. And there is no other truth but through Jesus Christ. Yep. In fact, not just through Jesus, but Jesus himself is the truth. Yeah. And so. Well, there's where you probably lost, you know, maybe you maybe lost some some support, I guess. I don't know. But um, say, well, wait a minute. You tell me even if this did help, I shouldn't do it. Um, because, because what you're doing, if it's not biblical, OK, it's unbiblical. Yeah. And then what you're doing is you're giving cre credence. You're giving support to. The devil, yeah, you know, and and the world's methods mm. and the world's ways. And it it would it, okay. So hypno, hypnosis, for example. So folks will say, okay, well, I can't seem to get off of, um, you know, say nicotine. I, I got to be hypnotized, and then the power of suggestion, and then I'm I, I'm delivered. But that all that does is talk about the power of suggestion, the power of hypnosis. Well, what about the power of God? Amen. You know. And all we're doing, all Christians are doing, is just praising the devil. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, if it's not Bible, it's coming out of the devil's mind. And you it know? just goes to show how self-centered we really are. Because, um, you know, like you preached before, God hasn't called us to happiness but holiness. But we think, well, this has helped me to be happy. How could God not want me to do it? Well, because God wants you to first adhere to holiness before uh, you, you worship your happiness. Uh, and so when you say it helps, well, what do you mean it helps? Do you mean it helps you to get closer to God? If, if so, then that's uh, how we do that is the way that God said. Um, but Second Timothy chapter 3 is where you went from, speaking of lovers of your own self, this self-centered Christianity, narcissism. And it talks you know. about the last days, and it says perilous times, dangerous, perilous, you know, uh, kind of like you would think of on a, you know, on the ocean, and here you are on a boat in the ocean, and the wind and the waves are just going crazy, rocking the boat. That's what I think of perilous times, shifty times, dangerous times. Go ahead and read it. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, starting verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy. Uh, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, and goes on with more of the of the like, like traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure. Um, verse five: having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From yes. such, turn away. Turn away, and you and me and everybody listening ought to turn away from anything that would promote lovers of themselves. And everything is to that end in the Bible, you know. We, there's way too much preaching today, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to this, but I'm just going to give you an idea how the shift is. Well, see how much God loves you and see how, how valuable you are to God because he gave it all for you. You, if you were the only one that had suffered, uh, you know, that, that had sinned, he would have suffered and died on the cross for you because you're valuable. Um, but that, that's a wonderful thing. 
as long as you understand that you're valuable to God, but we become lovers of ourselves and we esteem ourselves better than others. It just kind of goes in that direction. It creates a self-love yes. kind of a thing. Yes, it's so... It, using that, the, the, the gospel, to somehow shift the praise from God to self. Yes, oh, that's so true. And it's so obvious, so clear in a lot of this modernistic teaching. But we are the, the focus and uh, your happiness, as we said, uh, and uh, God is obsessed with you. Well, um, you, you ought to be obsessed with God. Uh, instead of the uh, you know focusing on that he is obsessed with you and it's sure he loves us but his love is a perfect love your happiness should be built upon and based upon how happy you make god yeah. and your satisfaction in life ought to be how much you satisfy god with your life mm -hmm. not the other way around yes and also a balance to that is that you know we are loved but bible makes this thing, you know that we are accepted in Christ. And so there's nothing valuable in you other than what God has done in you and for you and through that, you. That's right, and in Christ. Yes. That's right. Otherwise, everybody would be in, in heaven one day, but we're valued in Christ. Yes. That's right. And by the way, let's remember this as well. Although God loves you, he may hate your attitude. Yes. And he may hate your even your proud look, your lying tongue. Mm -hmm. And he may even hate those that, you know, shed innocent blood and those so discord amongst the brother so let's balance that puppy out yes yeah and uh, but let me just go ahead and, and re-establish what we just said so for centuries the bible was good enough and bible truth was good enough even for those people that didn't have a bible and couldn't read it every day because throughout almost all of history you didn't own a bible and if you did it was just portions of the bible and they got along fine with Bible truth, right? And, um, and just living it out and believing it. And God says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. The problem is we do it exactly backwards. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to seek first the kingdom of God, but we want all the blessings of God. And we got to figure out a way to outflank or circumnavigate the word of God so we can somehow convince ourselves that we're Christians right with God and uh, while we're living in sin. Yeah. Now, let's just go ahead and say this. Counseling, as it is understood, understood, psychoanalysis, when you go in and you dialogue, you just talk for an hour, okay? And then next week you do the same thing. You just pick up the conversation where it left off the week before. That, that is nowhere in history until Sigmund Freud, that psychoanalysis, he discovered, he's a medical doctor that kind of went haywire, you know, and, and that kind of a thing. And um, but about 1900, he came up with this psychoanalysis practice and it kind of caught on in the secular world. And um, Christians didn't buy into that. They didn't start that practice and said, well, let's just, you know, use the same methods that the world uses. We'll just tack on the Bible. Same way with Christian rock. If you're against Christian rock, then you're against Christian counseling mm. because it's the same print. It's based on the same thing. You know, let's just go ahead and take a worldly method and apply Bible to it. There's no good, mm -hmm. you know. Why Why do we have to use the world's best? God does not need the devil's help to right. make people better. Amen. You know, if the cross can't do it, the gospel can't do it, and the Bible can't do it, then nobody can do it. Mm -hmm. It just can't, it, it, you know, it can't. If you're not going to do what God said, it's what people that go to counseling, a lot of them, they don't even go to church. Yeah. A good counselor says, so you need to go to church yeah. and hit the altar yeah. and repent. Amen. That's your problem right there, you know. But then we whine and cry, and then we, 
you know, we, we shed lots of tears. And what does God say? Spare not for their tears. And in that case, it's children. But what the Lord is saying, make sure you do the right thing and don't let sympathy get in the way. Mm. And that's exactly what happens all too often. The preachers, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you've been down that road, next thing you know, you're crying along with them and everything. And, of course, that's nothetic counseling because you got to empathize with them. You know, but I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, you can empathize with them, but the whole idea is, well, I've got to dig into your past and know who you are so the two can become one and, you know, then we can kind of go on this journey together. Well, Jesus didn't do any of that. In fact, let me just say this. Nowhere in the Bible do we read Jesus doing any counseling at all. Mm. No, nowhere in the counseling, not, not at all. And the, the three times that you would say, oh, yeah, well, what about Nicodemus? What about the woman at the well? Well, first of all, Nicodemus, that, that was a, a meeting that was not planned. Nicodemus planned to meet Jesus, but Jesus did not plan to meet Nicodemus. And, uh, but they met, and it was a one, it was a deal. That was it. They talked about it. Jesus answered his questions, and that was the end. Same way with the woman at the well, okay? So the woman at the well's life was changed after meeting Jesus, not after meeting him for, what, <laughs> years on end, uh -huh. you know? And um, so this is what I want to say. Counseling, as it's understood in the Bible, is just simply asking questions, asking questions. So <clears throat> Nicodemus came to Jesus. And we know what they are, our prophet come from God. And uh, then Jesus immediately says, you need to be saved, man. You're religious, but you're lost, you know. And uh, then he asked a few questions. How can a man be born again, you know, be born a second time, going to his mother's womb? But you'll notice that, the, that Jesus, in counseling Nicodemus, and I use that word in a general sense, did most of the talking. Mm -hmm. Most of the, and the same way, say, with the woman at the well. You go ahead and get yourself your red-letter Bible and look at it. You'll see the words in black in that context and the word in red. There's more red words than there are, are black words. Jesus spoke more. Another, you would say, counseling where the man comes to Jesus, you know, the rich young ruler. You know, he's, he, so, so he's got what you would say, um, I don't know, call it whatever you will, fatigue, <laughs> um, anxiety, wh whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, that there's a disorder for everything, uh -huh. you know. And then if you, do, if you say you're good, you know, then <laughs> then your disorder is denial. Uh -huh. You know, everybody's <laughs> sick, you know, and everybody needs a pill. Yeah. But but anyway, so you'll notice that he says, well, what like I yet? Something's missing. And Jesus fixed his problems just like that, you know. And it was, no, he didn't accept that counseling. He went away sad. But um, but Jesus didn't try to get him back and try it again and hit it from another. This is the truth, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Now it's up to you. What do you, yeah. what do you want me to do? It's the same way with salvation. People... You know, it's what it says. You're lost. You're going to hell without Christ. Jesus is the only hope. Not Jesus in the church. Not Jesus in, you know, good works. Christ in Christ alone. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. Well, I don't know. So they come back and they just, all they want to do is argue. All they want to do is complain. I'm talking about counseling sessions. Mm -hmm. Arguing, complaining. My situation, like you said, is unique, you know, and that's not covered in the Bible. Well, then, if, if, if your situation is not covered in the Bible, then I need to get out of the ministry. Right. Because I believe the Bible has all, the, all that we need to live the life that God has called us to live. Yeah, yeah that's another thing you mentioned uh, when you were preaching. You said there's no uh, spiritual gift of counseling. Uh, you know, that, uh, he, comes, he called some to be prophets, some to be apostles, some evangelists, some counselors. <laughs> It's not in there. Some pastors, some teachers. Yeah. But uh, you not said in on Sunday, you said a council, um, as the Bible uh, talks about, it seems to be just, just simply advice. 
Yep, um, asking questions. Not uh, not coming back over and over again. Not this, and, and like you said, not even dialogue because the counselor in these cases does most of the speaking, as opposed to, you know, these psychoanalysis things where the counselee get, does most of the talking. Um, it's crazy that we would pay someone to counsel us, and then we do most of the talking. It's crazy. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Dick Van Dyke, a show that we came on in the 1960s, and they were having some <laughs> kind of so a problem. Funny. I can't remember, but then you <laughs> he reminded was, He thought he was uh, sick. His sickness was a uh, psychological thing, and so he went to see a psych, uh, psychiatrist. And um, when he gets back to talk to his wife, his wife's like, what'd she say? What'd he say? Um, and... Dick Van Dyke, well, the character Robert Petrie on the show, he basically says what we're saying. He says, well, he told me he couldn't be honest with me, but I could be honest with myself um, and it's because he's working under a handicap of a licensed uh, psychiatrist. He can't really be honest. So <laughs> he said, what yeah. he says doesn't matter. That's yeah. what it, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and it's so true. And by the way, he's... Hollywood makes a mockery of it. But uh, if we do, then somehow we're, exactly, you know... Exactly, exactly. Not right. <laughs> but anyway... And so this whole counseling thing has taken the church by storm since Jay Adams, you know, kind of this Presbyterian that founded this, 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 no, he called it nothetic counseling, had a lady in our church text me the next day and she says, so what, what about this pathetic counseling? <laughs> I said, no, nothetic counseling. And, uh, and so what I explained was in church, this nothetic counseling, by the way, I read his book, Jay Adams books, you know competent to counsel and other ones. And for a while, back in the 90s, I fell for this stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, all these Christian colleges now are, you know, offering Christian counseling degrees. And, you know, people, you know, you got this American Association of Christian Counselors, and, you know, you can be licensed by them. All that is is parachurch organizations sucking the blood and the life out of the, the, the church, the mm -hmm. body of Christ. Wow. That's all that it is, wow. you know. And... Uh, it's it's as okay. So you think about this: as people go to the gym to lose weight, you know, so they go to the gym to run on a, you know, one of those um, treadmills. But you, you can get a treadmill in your house. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yep. So you ain't got to go. You ain't got to go there. Why the Holy Spirit will come to you? Yeah, you know. And uh, but anyway, it's taking the church by storm. And so I I fought, fell for all this stuff, and it wasn't long before I'm thinking. There's something not right about this. Just something not right about this. And uh, I started talking to my wife about 1997, 98, you know, uh, because, man, I really like James Dobson, focus on the family, and he's, he's got a Christian. So he went to, a, you know, the secular world, you know, to get his degree in psychology, and, and then he got saved or something. I don't know exactly how it all played out. I can't remember now. He's up way up in years and started focus on the family and, and I, I listened to him for a while, and I'm thinking, why do we even need that branch, you know? Uh, preachers ought to be preaching, if it's Bible, that anyway, right? you know? Right, And uh, But the devil's, he's doing that. Now, there's nothing wrong with Bible, okay? The problem is using the Bible worldly ways, worldly means, and that's counseling, as it is understood today. So, well, you know, I feel better. Well, I guess you would if you're going to go to somebody and they're going to be kind to you and treat you nice and all that stuff. And, you know, people say, well, you know, I, I feel better. Well, if it worked, why do you have to go back? Uh -huh. Why do you have to constantly get refills if it worked? When Jesus healed somebody, I mean, they were completely whole. Every whit, the scriptures mm -hmm. say. Yep. And they were good to go, you know. The problem is, folks, Jesus, this is the, the, the message of Jesus today. Wilt thou be made whole? 
Yes. Don't you want to be made whole? Yeah. Don't you want to be saved? Don't you want to change your life? Like that uh, lady you brought up on Sunday. She had suffered many things of many physicians. Is none the better. Once she met Jesus, uh, she was done. Yep. She was done going back to physicians. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but we, we have churches have moved away. And it's sad that independent Baptist churches have moved away. So here's, here's what happens. So you go. Now, you've got to go to a good church. You've got to go to a church where the preacher is not afraid to preach the truth. And I don't mean gospel truth. Here you are preaching the gospel to the same people that have been saved. You know, they need to go on to perfection and you right. need to apply the gospel to the situations. Preachers that don't preach on how to raise your kids. You ought to leave. Mm. You ought to leave. You know, the preachers don't, don't preach on and teach what the Bible has to say about managing your money. You ought to leave. Why would you go to a seminar and pay money to another preacher when your church ought to be preaching and teaching that very same thing? Can you tell that story about your early days when you started um, uh, getting, you, you gave the testimony in church, but you you found out this counselor was a member, or no, the assistant Oh, pastor. yeah, okay, so yeah, so I tried all this. And so first of all, you're made to believe, well, if you don't go to counseling, then you're the problem because you're too proud. In your marriage. Yeah, yeah marriage. Now, every marriage has problems, and I'll be the first one to admit I have marital problems, still do, um, but as you get older, you kind of, you know, you, you learn a lot more. I have a very happy, very successful marriage. I want to say if I had it to do over again, I'd do it the same way. I thank my God. This morning, um, as I got up in, uh, in prayer, thank you, Lord, for my wonderful wife. She's not feeling well today, but she's a wonderful wife, and I thank you for her and, and just beautiful, lovely, uh, better Christian now than she ever was, better wife now than she ever was. So, but, so I'm just simply saying, you know, we, you know, we have disagreements at times, but of course, what you do is you just die to self and you just, unless it's a conviction, you just want to, you want to use compassion and you want to, you want to compromise, right? you know, and uh, just say, okay. And by the way, compromise, forget even compromise. You don't have to, people that work up a compromise, you know, it ought, it ought to, in, in the end, come to a compromise, but it ought to be, well, I prefer what you want. Right. If your wife wants to go to Disney World for a vacation and you want to go to the Grand Canyon, both spouses ought to say, well, it doesn't make any difference to me. I, I'd be happy whatever you want, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Uh, but we demand our own way, and right. therefore the other one demands their own way, and that's where right. the whole problem is. Well, anyway, I'll just say it. So I can't even remember what it was back in the early days of our marriage. And so I just became pastor. This is 31, 30 years ago. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm preaching. People want to go for counseling. What a joke. Go for counseling. <laughs> so I'm preaching that. And, uh, of course, that is so, I mean, everybody says that. You know, you just need to go for counseling, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but they, they cannot articulate a problem, you know. Uh, so if you can't ask a question, if you can't articulate a question, then, then you can't have a, you, you know, you, you, you can't get help, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so anyway, so I went. And uh, so the first thing I did, I looked up Focus on the Family and uh, for all of their approved counselors. Now, if you go to the webpage, they're going to tell you right on their webpage, we only, we only approve of, and this list is only for licensed counselors. Mm -hmm. So basically what they're saying, we're only going to tell you to go to or advise you to go to or at least tell you that we approve of these guys basically because they say they filled out a little application and send it back. Right. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. And the license just means the world. The license. So, so basically the, a person with a license is basically go, going to the world to get approval the world hates Christians, always has. Friendship of the world is enmity with Christ. That's what the Bible says. Right. So they're going to go to the world to get a, a license to, <laughs> to help Christians be better Christians. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Right. And if they did that, they'd lose their license. Uh -huh. Okay. 
So that's a problem right there. But anyway, I wasn't even thinking that deep at that time. So off I go. So there's this one old guy. He was about 70 years of age. And um, so all I remember him doing is watching the clock. Mm. You know, he <laughs> wanted to know all about me, but I couldn't. I'm not supposed to ask anything about him. Uh. You know, I'm going to ask him to fix my finances. Well, what about your finances? <laughs> You know, well, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. <laughs> well, good grief. <laughs> you know, and, you know, with me, I've always never really had much of a problem with finances. Because um, all you got to do to stay out of debt is just don't spend more than you have. Mm. I mean, it's that simple. It is that simple, you know. Uh, well, you don't understand. I got to bank the par- car payment. Well, you were stupid for buying the car uh, if you couldn't afford it. Right. You say, well, I could at the time. Well, then you were stupid because you, you didn't have enough sense to know that the winds and the waves are going to come and beat upon the house. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. The best thing to do is to uh, cut your losses, sell the car, and then get something that you can afford. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody ever to tell me that God is not going to give you all that you need to do what he has called you to do. You just stepped out of God's will, and that's where all your problems are coming from right there. You just will not... You will not say, not my will, but thine be done. What you're saying is, God, I'm going to force your hand. I'm going to twist your arm until... I get what I want. I get what I want, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... You, you, you're just living a non-Christian life. And that's why that you are, you know, that, that you gravitate to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so so anyway, so I went, and we went three or four times, man. And let me tell you something. So I went in there, and uh, so the lady says, well, that'll be $200. <laughs> and I was making $200 a week at that time. <laughs> I about had a heart attack. And uh, so she said, well, well, you can make payments. And I'm thinking, so I haven't even met the guy yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even met the guy. And so I'm, I remember like it was yesterday. It's 30 years ago. I remember like it was yesterday. And so <laughs> she could see that I'm in shock. Uh, don't 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 call a psychiatrist. <laughs> you better call a medical doctor. <laughs> this guy needs medical help. I'm gasping for air. Boy, it's getting hot in here. So anyway, she says, so you can make payments. And so, okay. And then, then she gives me this paper where you can, you can get financial help and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, one of those numbers. And so I'm there now. I mean, it was, I went to St. Louis. So I'm there now. And so anyway, so we have this one. So eventually it gets down to $75 a shot. Okay. I mean, now, that, now as best I remember, that's, I had to write a check for $75 then. And I can't remember how much it was to be billed. Wow. Um, but they did give me some kind of a discount right there. Okay. And... Uh, I had been pastoring here about a year, and I'm thinking, well, like I said, you know, if I'm going to tell people to go for counsel, I'm certainly going to go, you know, and if I can improve my marriage, I'm going to improve it. We went three or four times, and nothing got any better. I mean, nothing got any better. And I've noticed that counseling, you know, this is what, this is what counselors will say. Well, you got to bring out the bad to get the good, so let's go ahead. And, and, and so, so the one guy starts talking, and Brother Howells used to say, I never counsel them together. And I used to think, well, that's stupid, you know. If you got marital problems, you got to have them both together. Brother Howells was very wise. And see how stupid a, a student was, uh-huh. you know. And so, so, so what I did, you know, what I did so I'd counsel them together. And all they do is they'd start fighting with each other mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. And then I had no recourse but to say, well, now, now we got the, the wound back over. We took everything off, and now we can get the infection out. You know, a bunch of bull. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. But, so anyway, I go there, and we ain't none the better. All I remember him doing is looking at the, wa- the clock. Uh-huh. That's all I remember. And uh, he kind of sat up in the chair, you know, and he put his, he put his forearms on his, like his, near his knees. And he, and he just talked, and he just asked, you know, a few questions here and there. And then we'd kind of talk on, and then he'd kind of get emotional. And, 
you know, and and because we were having some problem, nothing serious. We were right. not even nowhere near divorce or anything like that. Right. But um, here's what I found. I was going to make a, a good marriage better. And I found out this guy is only making it worse. Oh, you man. Know? Well, then, and then you found out that he was the assistant pastor. So anyway, yeah. So I finally said, so where do you. So he asked me where I pastor. I said, I pastor here. And he says, so I said, so. So so I finally asked him. I had enough guts to ask him, you know. As if the, the the degree on the wall is supposed to somehow that legitimizes it, you know. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, so anyway, so where do you pastor? Twin. Uh, so so where do you um go um uh, uh, go to church at? <coughs> so I finally asked him <laughs> about the third time, and so he says, "Well, uh, the big Presbyterian ter- church in Baldwin. It's a big, beautiful church there." And um, and so <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking, "Oh, okay. So you're a Calvinist." Mm. And so I'm thinking as I'm riding home, I'm thinking, "Well." Man, if he's a Calvinist, he's true to his theology. Well, I am what I am, and I can't change that, you know, because after what James White would say, you know, everything is planned by God, all evil, even the rape of a, of, of a little girl by a man, because then evil has, 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 has no meaning to it, you know, and unbelievable. And then you're like, so you're telling me if I was a member of your church, I could get all this advice and counsel for free? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's finally what I didn't tell him that. But I'm, I'm going home and I'm thinking about it. And I said, this is nonsense. Yeah. This guy has not helped me at all. All he did is take my money. That's yep. all he did. Yep. And like you said, the church should be preaching it anyway. It should be uh, like like this guy. You know, it should have been, you know, uh, given from the public. That guy was a thief and he's going to answer for God for it. Now, he's probably gone now or he's 100 years old. Uh-huh. But uh, I hope he's listening down from heaven <laughs> because he owes me money. Because he, he didn't do anything for me. You know, and then, of course, if you if for whatever reason you ain't getting better, somehow it ain't your fault. Uh, you know, it's 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 not the counselor's fault. Somehow, you know, you don't have enough faith or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, or you're not doing the prescription right or whatever. So that was so I've been there. And that, what you said when you're telling that story, if you can't articulate a problem, what a true statement, um, because people. They'll just come in and say, well, it's just I, I'm just having a hard time or just it's just a mess or everything's going wrong or whatever. Um, but you said if you can't articulate the problem, you are not listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. You don't have to come in and just throw your hands up and say it's all mess. Uh, right. Well, no wonder it's going to take forever because now this guy's got to dig forever. Well, you do your own digging. Yep. You listen to the Holy Spirit. You pray. Mm-hmm. You search your own heart, as the Bible says. That's what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no, I want the preacher to do that. So it's, it's we have an ACE school here. And so basically ACE is where a kid, we teach, you teach a child to read, and then the child is on his own, basically. Mm-hmm. He learns to read, and then he reads to learn. And then whenever he has a question, he comes up and, and asks one of us. And, um, and so just like uh, education was always in America up until – Modern education, you know, you know, one teacher stands in front of 30 or 40 kids and uh, teaches to one kid and half the class is bored because, you know, he, they're above average. And the other half, they're they're falling behind, they're falling they, behind more because they don't understand. So. So anyway, individualized teaching is what we have. And so so sometimes the kids will come because they're lazy, you know. And by the way, a Becca books, Bob Jones, but I'm going to tell you, I've taught from both of them. I've been in Christian education for 30 years. Okay, I'm telling you, they don't teach education. All they do is teach cheating. That's all that they do. Now, the education is there, but the method is cheating because you have the question at the end of the, you know, the checkup question mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it says, you know, like, like who discovered America in 1492? So does the kid go back and read it? 
No, he just goes back and looks for the word in bold. Yeah. That's all he does. And he, and he just looks for the words in bold or italics or underline. And then, then it's Columbus, 1492. Oh, there it is right there. He ain't learned nothing. Right. You know? And so with kids in our school, so they come on up and I say, I want to, you need to ask me a question and to point to the question. Yeah. And if you cannot articulate your question, I can't help you. Right. And if you don't understand any of it, well, you just need to go back to the first grade then. Mm -hmm. You know? You can't tell me that you don't understand nothing. Yeah, and I, that's what they do. They'll slap the face down and say, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, throw their hands up and it's just, uh -huh, well, how'd right. you get this far then? Right, right. You lied and cheated your way this far. The bottom line is you do. You just want somebody else to do the work for you. Mm. You want a quick fix. Right. That's all that it is. It's so good for kids to hear that, you know. And it, it's one of, the, one, of the, one of the best parts about schools like ours. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. so yeah, if you can't articulate a problem, and then that's, you know, that's, that's the, leads to this, this, these sessions over and over again and uh, because we th the fact is we don't want to we don't want the problem to acknowledge the problem is ourselves uh and a lot of this mental health stuff a lot of this christian counseling is just uh, find a, f a fancy way to dance around the fact that you are a scoundrel you need to fix you you're the problem your pride your sin that's right <laughs> that's exactly right and uh, uh, like like fights in marriages i can stop that right it takes two to fight all you got to do is just stop fighting. Mm. Just don't say anything back, and the argument ends right there. <laughs> and all you got to do to start changing, so, so that, that'll stop making it worse. Now, all you got to do to start making it better, I, I mean, this is so simple. The world knows this, but the world's not going to apply it because it's in the Bible. You know, all you got to do is do something nice. Just watch Fireproof. Just, and that's, <laughs> that's really true. Yeah. Fireproof is, is really a good show. Yeah, it's good uh, marriage application. Yeah, what, what was, what's the first point? You know, stop. Being mean, <laughs> basically, yeah. And then it was do something random, nice. Or yeah, something. just just any any little thing. All you got to do if you want to, okay, guys, if you, if you want to make life better for you and your wife, especially at night when you get horny and you want her, <laughs> all you got to do is buy her a cup of coffee from Walmart or, or excuse me, from McDonald's, and that will do wonders for your marriage. <laughs> and it's the same way for the lady. All you got to be is kind one to another, mm -hmm. and that. That in itself right there, love covers a multitude of sins and problems, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but no, we just don't want to do that. Yep. We want Most people that come to counsel, they're looking for sympathy. They're looking, well, um, I know the Holy Spirit's convicting me, so I got to go to the preacher. I got to go to the counselor to somehow get somebody else on my side, you know, yep. and sympathy or cry with me. Oh, you're, <laughs> but, it, you know, here's some good counseling. When Jesus said to Joshua, Get up off your face. Mm -hmm. Get up. There's sin in the camp, you know, right. and uh, things like things of that nature. But anyway, J. Vernon McGee. Now, he's a Presbyterian. And the whole Nothetic Counseling was born out of a Presbyterian mind. J. Adams, okay, with Nothetic Counseling. Nothetic means that you confront the person with the truth head on. That's good. That's good. But <laughs> what? Why do you got to do that? You're laying in bed. Why can't you sit in the pew and have the preacher preach the devil out of you? Yeah, around here we call that preaching. <laughs> That's all that is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. But anyway, he said if this trend continues, he said Christian counseling, Christian psychology, which is basically counseling, you know, um, will be the destruction of the church, quote, unquote. And here's the sad thing. Believe it or not, most preachers do not want to mess with it. And uh, by the way, I don't want to mess with it. Either. Counseling, I don't need to sit here and hear your sad story. 
you know? Um, now, I'm not saying that sometimes you don't need somebody to tell a sad story to. But let's not call that counseling, okay? Counseling is, preacher, I, I, I've got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Can you, and this is what a preacher ought to say, can you give me some Bible advice? Not your advice, Bible advice. Amen. You know, because no matter what you're going through, somebody else went through it in the Bible. It's dealt with in the Bible. No temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But that's what he said. And believe it or not, you know what propels the whole psychiatry, psychology. I'm talking about the whole counseling thing. Worldly counseling is preachers. Preachers refer more people to psychiatrists and psychologists than anybody else. Now, if that's the case, he needs to get out of the ministry. Because he can't help them. Now, I heard that statement on Sunday, and that is uh, that was pretty jaw-dropping when you said it. But then also something that came into my mind, and I'm not excusing it, but I also think preachers get a lot more of that thrown their way, right? Preachers, they're in the ministry. Sadly, you call them when someone's born, when someone gets married, or when someone dies, right? And so they're going to get a lot of that, that family conflict. That's when people show up, you know? And uh, so... Uh, you know, they're going to have these these things dropped in their lap more than, you know, a mechanic, right? A mechanic's not going to uh, send people to a, a psychiatrist. But preachers are dealing with these family issues, you know, these these traumatic things, these people that are struggling with their mind. Um, but, unfortunately, they have the answer, and then they forego that to send them off to a psychiatrist or a, a counselor or something like that. That's right. Um and most of it, well, you should have been at church Sunday night because it was dealt with. What you're going through was dealt with Sunday night or Wednesday night mm-hmm. or in Sunday school. But you don't want you, you to be disobedient to God. You don't want to put God first. You don't want to make him a priority. But then you want priority blessings. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway, so, so yeah. So I gave several reasons in the sermon, several reasons why. Counseling is wrong. And what I mean by counseling, again, is dialogue, conversation. And what did you say? Psycho, uh, psychoanalysis? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, you could call it psychoanalysis. That was born out of an atheist Jew, Sigmund Freud, who had no use for God. And uh, by the way, his life was, was a mess too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but anyway, so number one, and we had alluded to it already. One of the reasons is because most Christian counselors, actually all of them, you know, are licensed by the state, which makes them unqualified right there. If if God has given you all that you need, can you imagine Peter and Paul going to Rome and saying, uh, "How do I apply for a license? Am I allowed? To, am I allowed to preach? Uh, yeah, am I allowed to preach? Can I counsel? But biblical counseling, unacceptable. Now, in a message." at the Christian Association for Psychological Studies. So they meet together, a bunch of psychiatrists and psychologists who say that they're Christians, okay? One of the speakers there, and I'm going to quote what he said, to the applause of everybody there, there is, and I'm quoting now, no acceptable Christian psychology that is markedly different from non-Christian psychology. And although there are Christians who are psychologists, they basically do the same things as non-Christian psychologists. So they admit it right there. Mm. We're doing the same thing. So 
we haven't changed them. They've changed us. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And again, focus on the family. Admits it. And I'm going to read to you because we had talked about it a minute ago. Admit it. On their webpage, on focusonthefamilies.com webpage, I'm going to quote for you their very words when asked the question. Then the question was, you know, if the world is not on our side, then why do you go to the world uh, and, and put your stamp of approval on the world? And this is what they say. We do take a decidedly integrative approach to psychology and scripture, a type of therapy often known as Christian counseling. So they call it, that's, unbel- that's an unbelievable statement right there. Yeah. But most people say, well, yeah, that's true, because that's the mindset. And we don't include non-licensed biblical counselors in our Christian counselors network. Unreal. Mm-hmm. They won't approve me, but they'll approve a guy that just, all, and the world is going to say what they want him to say because they're looking for money, mm-hmm. you know? Um and again, if you go to a Christian bookstore or anything like that, that's all you're going to get. Self-help mess. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, number two, number two, it mocks the power of God. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish I could have spent more time on this. But you're telling me that you have all in Christ and uh, you've got to run to a, a counselor and you got to get dope to cope, mm-hmm. you know? You're telling me, and you got to go back week after week. Mm-hmm. Something is not right. You ain't going to the Holy Spirit. Right. You're not, you're, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're not content with such things that you have. You're not rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I'm saying rejoice. You are not grieving the way. This is another thing I didn't even talk about. But you're not grieving the way the Bible says grieve. You're supposed to grieve, you know. And um, Bible teaches you. But if you don't do it the way God said do it, then you're going to have problems. Mm. If you don't live the way God says live, you're going to have problems. But here it is. God says, listen. You just follow the word of God. There's power in the word of God. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. The Bible will heal you in every way, psychologically as well. But spiritual victory is a miracle. And by the way, this this the mind, you know, the mind is the soul, mm-hmm. soul of man, the spiritual aspect. The mind and the brain are not the same thing. The brain is physical. The mind is you know, which is a psychological. It's, it's spiritual. It's it's, it's a spiritual, spiritual thing. Nature, yeah. You know, and what we've tried to do is we've tried to equate ideas and thoughts with germs. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? yeah. And so we would treat germs with drugs, you uh-huh. know, and then what we would, well, we treat ideas with, <laughs> with drugs too. No, you treat ideas, bad ideas, by casting out imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the power of God, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, prob- your problem is you are simply not obeying the Bible and uh, that kind of a thing. Just stop me if you have any thoughts. Well, I was going to say about the mind, it's pretty amazing that people can can, uh, comprehend the mind and uh, still deny spiritual nature. But uh, the Bible also says this, uh, talks about the Bible being as sharp sharp as a two-edged sword. It pierces between soul and spirit. And uh, I've always often took that as the missing link of these people that – they want to fix the mind with drugs. You can't do it because you want to reach through the physical and affect the spiritual, um, whereas the spiritual is pulling the strings for all of that. Uh, when you deny the fact that there's a spiritual aspect and God wants to fix you from the spiritual side, then all you can do is play with a bunch of pieces over here that don't make any sense, uh, and they just keep getting jumbled up. But the Bible says once the Word of God reveals um, the spiritual side that is 
affecting. But that's why going to the world for that approval is just taking the, the power out of their hands because you've denied the fact that there's spiritual implications or spiritual problems unless you just that's generalize right. it with this, well, you got to acknowledge some higher power. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't the trick. That's not going to do it. Right, um, right. Several years ago, here's a, here's a recent illustration, a couple years ago, actually. So this one mother's having problems with her kid, okay? and But her kid is this saint. I mean, the kid is shacking up with a girl, getting a girl pregnant, you know? And, uh, but the kid, so th th she, this lady never comes to church, but she's super saint. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? So, so she comes in and, um, you know, like most, most mothers today that, you know, they screwed up. And so they, they, they want to, they screw up their kids. Mm -hmm. Most kids, the problem today, at least education wise, is their own parents. Their parents yeah. are their worst enemies. Yeah. So I remember I told brother, I told this brother uh, attend church here. It was after soul winning on Saturday. So uh, I said, hey, brother, would you stick around? I, I believe I'm going to need somebody here to hear what I'm going to tell this lady because she ain't going to like it. <laughs> and so she started off with her sympathy, sad story. And I just said, get off of it. And she looked at me like what? I said, you caused all these problems. And the tears started coming down. And oh my, I'll tell you what, she just, uh, she, and then all of a sudden I'm this bad guy. Mm -hmm. I thought you were a Christian and you would understand. Yeah, I understand that you screwed up, you know? And, uh, <laughs> but of course, that's not Christian counseling. That's mm -hmm. not, you know, and of course, that's the thing with nothetic counseling. I'm not really 100% behind, you know? So I preach Sunday night on, you know, you know, Christians love and hate life you know mm -hmm. and we all love to hate because god is a god of hate as much as he is love that's right and uh and so you know here, here's what the bible says you know there there's things you want to love and there's things you want to hate a time to love and a time to hate that's what it says mm -hmm. right you can't have one without the other you cannot have one without the other if you love if you love health you hate disease mm -hmm. you know it's just the bottom line right and you can't have a, a quality without its equal right. you can't have a high without a low because the low defines the high and uh so anyway so I just went from that angle, you know. I said, well, listen, you know, I understand, you know, the world is full of trouble. But your trouble is because you ain't in church. Mm -hmm. And you ain't been bringing that kid to church. Mm -hmm. No wonder the kid is shacking up. And here you are wanting to approve it. Because you will, you have become your own God, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, you have rewritten Jesus. And you're not, you, you, you believe in Jesus, but it ain't the Jesus of the Bible. It's another Jesus. And you need to get saved. Oh, man, she went storming out. I said, well, I was glad you're here to hear that, you know, brother. And uh, so he sat over on one side, but he could hear the conversation. Right. You know, but I told the lady, I, I said, you know, I want somebody here present. because You ain't going to like what I have to say, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, and another thing, the kid was cheating. But she didn't want to hear any of that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I remember you kind of talked to me about uh, because it was, it was had to go to school and kind of talking about uh, what we're going to do about it. And the. Uh, and the mother was saying, well, I just don't know what his problem is. <laughs> and you're like, his problem is he's cheating and he's shacking up. <laughs> his problem is you. You should have been bringing that kid to church, first of all. I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the great danger of Christian psychology is it's focused on feelings. As we said, self-esteem, self-love. When I was in college, Robert Schuller, the Crystal Cathedral, was a big thing and people preachers you know of the liberal mindset boy they'd flock out there 
to his pastor's school and counseling's, you know, uh, counseling sessions and all that stuff. This is what he said. The most serious sin is the one that, and I'm quoting, the most serious sin is the one that causes me to say that I'm unworthy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. When John the Baptist said he was unworthy, you know, and um, yeah, the, the yeah. prodigal son said, I'm no more worthy, mm-hmm. right? Yes. The publican who prayed said, Lord, be merciful to me, you know? Yes. Uh, and it just goes on and on. The centurion said, I'm not even worthy to come into you to come into my house. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Let me give you one or two more here. We could go on and on with this. Counseling breeds a type of codependence. Now, listen to all of you guys that want you, you want to fix your wife, and so you send her to a counselor. <laughs> You're crazy. By the way, every one of the counselors, okay, every one of the counselors on the focused on the family, I just did it the other day, was a woman. In our area, right? Yeah, in our area. Yeah. yeah. In the St. Louis, greater St. Louis area, it was all women, mm-hmm. you know? So you type in your, you know, your zip code, and then you put 50 miles, 75 miles, and, you know, there's none 50 miles. There was none um, 25 miles. It was all 50 within 50 miles. It reaches into the St. Louis area. Every one of them was women. Some pretty women, too. What guy doesn't want to go to a, a <laughs> young, pretty woman is going to sit there and talk about your, you know, problems. Yeah. yeah He's yeah. sympathetic and kind. And yep. Yeah, but get this. So the counselee feels some kind of a, you know, I'm talking about dialogue now. So through conversation, you're going to feel some kind of an emotional connection mm-hmm. with the counselor. And that's a fact. Yep. That's a fact that the, the, the psychology today, they admit, in fact, according to psychology today, 70% of the, uh, therapists have felt sexually attracted to the client at some point in counseling. 70%. Right. Mm. And people ought to know by now, affairs don't always begin. Uh, one night stands or she's pretty, I'm pretty, here it is, we're at the, we're at the jail. Uh, a, a jail, well, same thing, bar. <laughs> right. you, you know, you go there to shack up, you know, that kind of a thing. And uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about affairs, mm-hmm. okay? That's, that, 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 they start from, attraction and emotional attraction mm-hmm. okay yep and you said on sunday and it's true a lot of times they start in the pastor's office you know with these counseling uh and uh, uh that can lead to compromised situations it, it, in fact that's right and it is it has Go- and it does it, it does yeah. it does and most of us have have felt the pain of that mm-hmm. um with a pastor or somebody that we know 25 percent of counselors Licensed counselors fantasize. They admit to it. This is those that admit to it. You know, it, it's these are anonymous returns. You know, you send them out, right. and, and you know. But anyway, so fantasize about having sexual relationships. Mm-hmm. So there it is. You're talking about you know intimate things, and I mean, what do you expect? Right. You know. Further, other studies suggest that 12 percent engage in sexual intimacies in the office. Oh my goodness. Let me give you a, a backup for that. The Wisconsin Department of Safety and Professional Services says that over the last 10 years, 1,667 complaints have been filed against counselors in Wisconsin alone. I'm talking about for assault, sexual assault, mm. and things of like that. It, it, just in Wisconsin. Okay? Now, notice it wasn't, it's not 1,667 pastors. But if that was switched around, pastors, well, we'd all be run out of where, uh, around. 
The fact yeah. is, we're all human. Yeah. But God says, don't. I don't want you to counsel because counseling is going to lead to compromise. Mm-hmm. I don't want you getting in here and dialoguing and talking about intimate things. The Bible says we should not even talk about the things of, that are done of them in secret. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And uh, we just shouldn't. Now, I think we can allude to it because Song of Solomon does and the kind of thing like that. But getting down to the nitty gritty, well, what do you do in bed? You know, you know, and stuff like that. Well, you have you tried this position, that position? Unreal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A recent edition of uh, Consumer Affairs. Answers the question, is it normal to feel attracted to a therapist? Their answer, yes, it is normal to feel attracted to someone who is attentive, kind, and caring. There is a common reaction towards someone. uh, This is a common reaction to someone who is helping you. So they're admitting that you are going into a compromised situation. And saying it's normal. Right off the bat. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and the church, as far as the church application, now this psychoanalytic, you know, these this uh, Christian counseling that, that you're talking about as far as focus on the family type thing where you're going to go to somebody's office and they're Christian counselor, but it has seeped into the church where pastors and youth pastors have this mindset that you're going through a hard time, we need to have weekly sessions. Um, you know, speak to that. This whole and it comes from the idea of well I've got to dig into your past and we're going to have to build some kind of a relationship or rapport because you don't trust me at first you know therefore I've got to somehow you know build up this rapport with you and and dig deeper and deeper so I can only get on the surface for three weeks you know I can, then you know I can get to that second level and that third level you know the id the super id the id, id, ego. It's going to take me time to get down, down, down deep, and then I'm going to find the root of your problem. I can find the root of your problem right now, and you know what the root of your problem is. Don't give me this, uh, you know, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is convicting me. I have no idea what. You know, That's not how he works. That is not how he works. You know, uh, when I sin, I know it, uh-huh. you know. Well, and then also, because I felt, I felt this. I, I, you know, pe- first of all, you're like, why don't people come to me? You know, there's a, there's a thought I've had in the past. You know, I got this teenager dealing with this, that teenager dealing with that, or whatever. How come I don't get more teenagers coming to me for for help and counseling? They'll go to other people and they'll spill their guts to their best friend or some girl, some 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 lady in the church or something like that. But yep. they don't come to the pastor. They don't come to the youth pastor. Um, and so when they do, I feel like I gotta have this. I gotta fix you. You've come to me. You've you trust me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the savior of this situation. And if I don't have something that competes with their therapist, then somehow I'm you know I'm second rate, and the Bible doesn't work because their therapist is helping them cope or you know with their anger or whatever. But the Bible, I can't seem to do that. So uh, you know I've had those those feelings, those thoughts before. Uh, and then when they come, I feel like I well. You know, the pressure is on. To, now can you can you really do what the world can do kind of thing? You know what I'm saying? You get the, you know, where I'm coming from. As yes, far as well, let me just tell you this. You know, I, I, and I didn't hear Lee Robertson say this, but I've heard people say that Lee, and I could be wrong here, but I've heard people say that Lee Robertson doesn't do counseling, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I heard the same story. But my pastor, Jim Fish, did the same thing. And my mother and father were going through a divorce, and my mother went to Pastor Fish and, and uh, Mrs. Fish, and, and they spoke to her for a little bit, and she kind of felt like let down. Don't they understand what I'm going through? Now, I don't have a problem with maybe somebody sitting down and, and, and being beside somebody who's going through 
pain. Right. Let's not call that counseling, though. Right, right. Okay? That's what I'm getting at. Okay? But anyway, so I asked Pastor Fish one time, you know, you don't counsel at all, so what's going on? Now, he did counsel because I went to him and asked about college. Right. And he said, he said, I'll advise six. He said, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but he said, I'll give you six, five. And he said, back in those days, Liberty University, it was Liberty College, Liberty Baptist College, Jerry Falwell, okay. which is a joke now. I wouldn't recommend a rat to go there. <laughs> Tennessee Temple, Bob Jones, which Bob Jones back in those days was a lot better than it is now. Um, I got family that goes there. I wouldn't recommend Bob Jones. Pens- uh, no, he didn't recommend, Pen- thank God he didn't recommend Pensacola. Uh-huh. Uh, but Pensacola was just getting started back in the, back in the 80s. Um, and then it was Midwest which Tom Malone's college, it's now defunct, and then Howells Anderson College. Then he said, if you want a challenge, he says, Howells Anderson College is the way to go. If you want to be a pastor of New Testament Church, that's where you want to go. They teach how to build a church and all the how-tos. I said, oh, I guess I want a challenge. I guess I'll go there. He said, well, that's good. You have my blessing. That was the end of it. You know? That was your counsel. That was, my, that was it. You know, And that's really what counsel is. Okay, So I don't have a so, – so probably some people, when they listen to the sermon the other day, they say, yeah. And they're looking for the worst. They're, yeah. they're, they're looking for an excuse. Right. Are not really listening. But I'm not, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about being there and just helping. But as long as it doesn't become complaining and whining and gossiping and that kind of a thing, you know, otherwise it's, it's not right. Yeah, if someone is going through a, you know, a death or something like that, and it, you, know, you can be there for those people. The Bible says that. Right. You've got to do that. Right. You know? Comfort one another right. with these words, not worldly words, with these words. And, um, but anyway, so yeah, so, um, th- again, going back to this whole idea of sitting there one on one, you know, and, and much counsel has to do. With, okay. Let me just, I, I know where our time is up here, but, um, so there are decisions to make a lot of counseling is decisions. Well, preacher, I got this, this situation between, I got a decision between this and that, right. You know? In those cases, a good pastor would say, well, let's look at some Bible and let's see where the Bible uh, deals with a situation that you're going through. But there's a lot of people that go for counseling because of what they call mental problems, mental stress, anxiety, right. you know, things like that. But for that, God just gives commands, you know. For example, let not your heart be troubled. Yep. You, you, you're, you are supposed to let not your heart be troubled, not let not the counselor let not your heart be troubled, right? Right. And be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Make your request be known to the Lord, uh-huh. right? And trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's for all of those problems. And, you know, we're talking about mental problems. There's, God deals with it with commands, mm. you know, and truths. Like, hey, you worrying about tomorrow? Care not for tomorrow. The, right? Tomorrow right. has enough care That's for today. Right. Yeah. You start worrying about tomorrow, you're going to you, you, you're not you're not going to enjoy tomorrow, and you won't enjoy today. Mm-hmm. So you don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow, and you're worried about tomorrow, which is unscriptural. Mm. You say, "Well, how do I stop? I got to have a drug." No, you need the power of God. Yeah, it, it, it just comes down to a matter of will. Won't you just decide to trust the Lord, believe God, and just obey the Lord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what would you give your mental health grade? What grade would you give to your mental health? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I, I would say that um, I, I wouldn't say for sure, but I would say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, 
a pretty um, contented guy, you know. I, I'm not looking for a bigger church. I'm not looking for more money. Um, in fact, we're going to have a budget meeting coming up here. Um, I have never asked for a raise. Finances don't bother me. Sometimes things will kind of hit me, you know, lopsided, you know. But, um, I, I mean, to me, every day is a good day. And, and I get it that one day that the doctor's going to tell me, you've got cancer, man. Your, your number's up. I, I get that. And, and those are traumatic times. And I hope that I'll have a support of friends. By the way, I've got to say this. Okay, to, to give a grade, I'd say I'm, I'm in the A range. I, I, I honestly, man, I, I love life. I love the Lord, um, you know, but, I mean, it's, it's hard to evaluate yourself. You know what I mean? But I, I want to say this in closing that, so here's a lady in our church. So she went through a, a trauma, and uh, so she quits church. Well, she, number one, I would, I, I would ask this lady, okay, are you really a Christian? You know, because you say, oh, I believe Jesus. Well, well no, you don't. Um, or if you do, that you certainly have, you're disobedient to him, mm-hmm. you know, because when this traumatic thing happened, she drops out of church, you know. And, uh, well, I just can't go back to church because it reminds me too much of things in the past and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's other churches around. Right. And even so you're if basically saying God, he's not, he's not going to do what he's, I can't do what he's told me. He's not um, empowered me to do what he's told me to do. Right. So, so. your problem, so, so you're going to wallow in sorrow and sadness. Well, then that's your fault, you know. I, I mean, if the water, if you're, if you're dying of thirst, and there's a river right beside you, fresh water running. Right. Yes. What can you do? Yeah. You know, there's nothing you can do. I I feel like I want to say one more thing, and I know we've gone over, but everybody loves listening to our podcast, <laughs> right? And if you've made it this far, hanging give us on the to their seat. <laughs> a lot of counselors, they get they, they 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 are disobedient because they get involved in marital disputes. They get involved with sibling disputes. So there's a man that came to Jesus oh, and yeah, said, this was a good uh, said, point. Uh, I wanted the company, one of the company. So that was, he, this guy followed Jesus, you know? And so he says, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said unto him, man, who made me a judge and a divider over you? Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, I am not getting involved in that. What he is saying in that is you ought to be content for him to have it. Mm. What, what has that got to do with you following me? And I'm going to take care of you. I should have nothing. I should have no bearing at all on you. Why is that even bothering you? You see what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of preachers would, would feel like they need to go over there. Let's fix it. Be I'll, in the house and make, make amends, be peacemakers. And all, and, and all, he's, all he's going to do is, is he's, going to, he's going to make it worse. They'll, they'll make amends with each other, like you've told me many before, yep. and they'll hate the preacher. And they'll turn on you. They'll <laughs> turn on that? you. <laughs> but uh, it's, yep. it's yep. played itself out. That's, that was such a, uh, an eye-opening point there. Jesus didn't get involved with what a lot of, lot, a lot of uh, preachers get involved with, counselors, those family disputes and things like that. Uh, yep, absolutely. But there's so much more we could say about this. This is actually one that I, honestly, it, we've been going for over an hour, and I feel like we could talk another hour easily because um, uh, sadly the world is bought into a lot of this mental health stuff. In fact, you said in your sermon on Sunday, you said all, 
and this is just like you. Just like, let's make everybody mad at once with one statement. <laughs> all the mental health issues are all, all of them are a farce, and they're fake. They're not, it's, it's not true. It's not, it's not real stuff. Uh, and, and you backed it up. And, and again, this is not talking about mental, uh, you know, handicaps and things like that. Ideas are not germs. Yeah. They, they, they're not physical. We're talking about all the, the disorders that, and the, and the list only doubles every day. Okay, with your, you know, all these ridiculous disorders, um, you know, I couldn't agree more. But uh, that's that's what drives many people to the therapist. And people talk about their therapist today, like, like, like I've got a, I've got a microwave at home and I've got a therapist. It's like everyone's got a therapist. <laughs> that's right. Um, so yeah. But anyway, uh, it is it is past time. And but one thing can't be emphasized enough is that counseling, you basically define it as advice. And we're not against that. Jesus is the wonderful counselor. But when the, the church needs to borrow the method and the template of the world with this psychoanalysis um, and uh, getting involved in unbiblical things, extra biblical things, as if God needs help, that's what we're talking about. And uh, so, of course, I'm sure, you know, people who want to hear the worst will hear the worst. But uh, just let it be said and let it be known that that's... That's what we're talking about. That's where we stand. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.